sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into hour number two of the early line, giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. I got my man, Kevin Walsh, helping me out as we put the fun in functional sports content. Kev, we talked about it at the start of the show. The obvious headline here is the uncertainty in Major League Baseball. You know, a third of the Marlins have tested positive for coronavirus. But as you were talking about there's a spider web here, right? I mean, some of the players have to stay in their hotel room in Philadelphia. The Orioles are like, nah, chill. We're getting out of here. And the Marlins will meet them maybe back in Baltimore. But remember, Philly is where they were over the weekend. Philly is where they played a game on Sunday when some of these test results were pending, when three or four of the Marlins were confirmed as positive. That may be, when we look back on it, Kev, that may be the great crime here, right? That the players via group text made this decision instead of team officials, league officials, medical officials. There was some part of a protocol here that was not triggered, right? I'm certain that in the handbook, it wasn't like, then the players will take a vote over group text. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe they had to put this thing together. (laughs) So, uh, so quickly, maybe that is exactly what they intended. Um, and the thing here is, Dane, right, we uh, we take a look over at the FanDuel Sportsbook, and there are not lines yeah. for this game yet. And there's a couple right. of reasons. You mentioned a really good one about maybe the location here. I'll just mention the fact that maybe they don't know who's going to be available for this Phillies team, right? Like, we are waiting right. on these results. And there could be big names, unfortunately, that might be taken out of this lineup for the Phillies, which would drastically move the line. Because you consider the fact that it seems that J.A. Happ and Jake Arrieta will still be the listed starters for this baseball game. And you would think, okay, well, they have enough information then to list the line. Um, It looks like patience right now, more than understandable from the FanDuel Sportsbook, is why we do not have a line set for this game. No, absolutely. You know, we talked about this, Kev. You know, maybe, uh, or hopefully, part of the reason we have this in the first place, right, the Eastern teams playing each other, the Western teams, Central teams, these kind of geographic, um, you know, schedules, is because it it allows for something like this to be possible, right? Maybe if the Yankees have reservations, and it is their valid right to do so about going into that clubhouse, working with the same clubhouse attendants where obviously it was contaminated or there was some level of exposure. We know that to be true. You know, maybe the Phillies just drive up I-95, you know, and wind up playing this Uh game as the home team in Yankee Stadium, we've talked about this Blue Jays are nomads already, and some, this kind of flexibility is something we may have to adjust to. I think you make a great point. You know, this line is not up just yet. Our partners on FanDuel, we don't know maybe the location, but you're right. The Phillies now are up in the air. I'm sure they are getting kind of express priority testing because they have been exposed to the virus. That is a very interesting thing. Speaking of the virus, you know, and we're talking about the Miami Marlins here and how 11, 12 players have this virus. And Kev, I don't want to be crude about all of this. We're talking about like 
these guys quarantining in hotel rooms. We're talking about how does the game continue? We're talking about what is the impact on our futures bets if a team plays 57 instead of 59 games. I do want to take a step back here, okay? Because what we're talking about is still a pandemic. What we're talking about is still a serious virus. And as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, again, right here onto the early line, right here onto Sports Grid, I want to also, you know, give you the story here about the Boston Red Sox and the Mets. You know, the Mets did work on Boston yesterday. Pete Alonso going yah yah. He's looking like a horse the same way he was in his rookie season. But I mentioned this because of Red Sox ace Eduardo Rodriguez, who we knew had tested positive for COVID, who we knew the Red Sox then decided to kind of shut down. Kev, he's having serious complications because of his, you know, battle with coronavirus. The man now has heart inflammation um, as a symptom or as a side effect or as a complication of his coronavirus. He's 27 years old. He's a world-class athlete, right? He's a major league baseball player. So I want to say with the Marlins and their coaches or any Phillies, we also need to take a step back, Kev. Like we're just assuming that all these guys will kind of be feeling fine. And it's a two, three day cold. Freddie Freeman was praying for his life. Eduardo Rodriguez now has complications. So while there are issues here, right, with the logistics of major league baseball, I think we need to also here at the early line just hope that all these Marlins are okay. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Like, if there was no concern that this could end up having a lasting effect or an immediate detrimental effect, I mean, there'd be fans in the stands, right? Like, that, like that would right. be... This is a very, very serious thing. And... You know, what we do here on the early line is we break down these games. We give you guys the edge. Um, but it's certainly not lost on myself, and obviously it's not lost on uh, our new either, Dane, about how serious all of this can be. And, you know, it's why for a while, and, I, you know, you and I, we, we've kind of talked about, well, how do these light leagues potentially then, you know, step in when it comes to a guy who might have underlying health issues about whether they can or cannot play. and. Look, there's a lot of stuff that um, makes this all very complicated, and it's part of the reason why there's a lot of people who would say maybe we are better off not playing, and I don't think um, you really could be angry at anybody who says that. So undeniably, um, you know, a part of this is now hoping that everything is okay with the, you know, 15 people or so involved with the Marlins that have been infected with COVID. Yeah, we hope Eduardo Rodriguez recovers and is okay as well. The Red Sox will send Matt Hall to the mound. The Mets starter is still unlisted. The Red Sox looking to get back to their winning ways. Only one and three on the season. We talk more baseball when we come back here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge right here on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez, and I got my man Kevin Walsh helping me out with some winners. Kev, you mentioned before we've got a doubleheader, okay? And I guess, like, it's good to know that a doubleheader is because of natural causes, right? Mother Nature stepped in, and that's why we have it. But I think it's interesting here, the Indians and the White Sox, especially, Kev, you know, you talk about the powerful twins right now, right? And I'll give you that. But with this expanded playoff field and the second place team from every division being a playoff team, as you look to the AL Central, most people believe the conventional wisdom is that it will be these two teams fighting for that spot and that entry into the playoffs. We talk about the AL Central and their path to be there, at least in the first game. We're going to have Dylan Cease going against Aaron Sivali. How do you see this one? You know, we got a two and one team, a one and two team. This is an important series early on, especially when you consider second place in this division gets into the tournament. Yeah, look, this is, it's a massive series. Um, I'll probably look to play both these games over. All the White Sox games went over. The Indians offense, early doors, looks pretty good. The big thing for me, Dane, is doubleheaders. I think considering the way uh, yeah. we got off to a start in this season and the fact that we are, you know, day what, five, six? Uh, five, right? Day five, we already have a doubleheader. This one because of rain. Yeah. Doubleheaders are going to be commonplace. Okay, and I know there's a lot of systems throughout the years that apply to yes. how you want to bet doubleheaders. Do they apply all here? That's what I'm going to be looking to find out. I'm not telling you guys don't bet these games. Look, especially with this being the first game off the board, whenever there's an isolated baseball game these days, everybody's home. Look, yeah, you're going to hit this 340 game. There's no doubt about it, right? Myself included. But this is a great spot to learn, okay? With this being our okay. first taste of a doubleheader, don't be like, don't come. If you lose a bet, basically, don't come away from it like, ah, it should have never, we should have had, blah, blah, blah. Try and learn from these games because doubleheaders are going to be a big part of this season. And if you can find the edge, if sure. you notice something, that's going to make, I think, a big difference when you look back on this season. Kev, you know, you talk about some systems that are out there with doubleheaders, right? And I'm with you. I'm trying to get the edge. What do you think? How are some of the ways to maybe play these doubleheaders? Do you like, Play game two only after watching what bullpens were taxed in game one. If you're looking at a huge offensive output, are you trying to zig when people zag? Is there regression theory? Are you only betting game two? Are you waiting for it to happen live as the host of in-game live right here on this network? How? What are you mm -hmm. looking to learn from? What are some of the trends you might be trying to identify in a doubleheader? Yeah, I think, for example... If the White Sox win this first game, it's almost a guarantee I'll back Cleveland game two, right? Okay. The idea that the White Sox are going to beat them twice in one day at Progressive Field is probably something I'm not going to get behind. However, that had probably recognized in the line. Now, I know it depends. Sometimes you'll get both games posted, right, before either one of them gets underway. For these Which is weird. Right? We, which is it's game two being posted before you know like how much of the bullpen is still available. You know what I mean? Because someone in game can one, get hurt too. Someone like, can get hurt. Absolutely, a availability we don't know uh, for a game yeah, two. But I keep know. going. Sorry about that. No, no, total. No, like everything you're saying is totally right. Like there's so much that you don't know about game two. It's a bold move, but people like to get their actions in. And I'm sure there's probably also a lot of parlay players, right? I'll take them to sweep sure. the doubleheader. Or let me see if I can, you know, bang both of these um, out. I think that's something, though, that I will, like, if the White Sox take the first of these two games, and I'll probably only play total in the first game of this doubleheader, I'll come right back around on Cleveland. 
All right, fair enough. So we will see. But keep an eye out on that. There could be some reads from game one that impact Mm -hmm. game two in this doubleheader in the AL Central. Another game that I think is interesting, Kev, is in our nation's capital, the Washington Nationals are hosting the Blue Jays, okay? And I see the Washington Nationals. They're at a minus 138 number on the money line. Um, Nine and a half is the total. They are the favorites. And so my mind is like, oh, is it Scherzer? Is it Strasburg? Is it Corbin? No, it's not. Okay. You know, you got Voth on the hill here for the Nationals, and that is still enough for them to be minus 138 favorites. Are you cool with that? Or may you think that this Blue Jays lineup with all the young kids, could they start to turn it around and get healthy on a pitcher that, you know, is not one of the big three for the Nationals? Can the Blue Jays get to above 500 against Austin Voth today? Look, I think this was a pretty interesting game yesterday. It was the first time I. Um, like was kind of reading up about sharp money coming in, right? I'm not saying it was the first Ooh. time I saw sharp money this year, but there was sharp money backing the Blue Jays. And lo and behold, Blue Jays got the upset win. They were originally around plus 120. They closed at around even money, and they get a nice win against the Nats. Now, I don't know if, you know, and there are different ways where people go out there and they indicate sharp money. And do you want to back the sharps blindly? Look, it all depends. Each is all right. But I think it's interesting context to add. Now, I think this Nats line was posted overnight, and it looks like we have uh, some early Nats backers right now that have pushed them to minus 138. The Nats losing again, what would be then three in a row in their home ballpark, I'm not sure. I as well could see myself backing the Nationals, but I do, I just, it stood out to me, Dan, that it, like, you know, clear sharp money comes in on the Blue Jays, and they get the job done uh, as a dog against the Nats. Follow the money. It's always a good idea, Kev. Also, one other note on the Toronto Blue Jays, their closer, Ken Giles, is injured. Okay, so if the Blue Jays do get a lead, you never know who's going to be there to hold it at the very end of the game. So keep an eye out on that. Ken Giles banged up for the Toronto Blue Jays. Kev, one other game that is on the slate that we do have odds for. And ironically, I don't know if you would have thought this, but it is a battle of teams above 500. The Rockies are 2-1 and one, um, after a series win to get the season started. They go to Oakland where the A's, listen, the A's keep trugging along, Kev. You know, all they do, it seems like, you know, you look up at the end of the season, they got 91 wins. They're like the Tampa Bay Rays in that <laughs> aspect, you know, and they are 3-1 and one out of the gate. You know, the Angels have faltered a little bit. Not the A's. They are three and one. They are home. They are big favorites tonight against the Colorado Rockies, who are two and one. They come into town. The A's send Mengden to the mound. Ten is a total. This is not in Coors Field. This is in the Coliseum. But the A's are minus one fifty six favorites to keep the happy feelings going. Yeah, I think you could make an argument that maybe the A's are a little bit overpriced here. When the Rockies did just win uh, two in a row in Texas, they looked. Pretty nice doing so. But I think I might play this under 10 that you're alluding to here. Uh, so, again, remember, we just saw the Rockies play at a pitcher's ballpark, led to a bunch of unders, and they're going to, I think, what would probably be considered another pitcher's ballpark uh, in Oakland. I mean, I know the ball doesn't fly out there. Uh, obviously, there's, yeah, there's a lot of space, I guess, for, for balls to fly, but it's a pitcher's ballpark. And from the A side of things, we talked about this a little bit. Now, and part of the reason why I'm a little nervous here because, you know, are the A's overpriced? The A's have, have been good to me so far to start this season, but they had two games go under, okay, in that four-game set with the, uh, with the Angels. And the two games that went over, 
because of a walk-off grand slam. And then that Shohei Otani game where Trout was responsible for all four Angels runs. And then the A's had a situation where they tacked on five unanswered against Otani, not only one of the run for the remainder of that game. I think under 10 here, one of the biggest totals on the board, Dan. I like the under yeah. here uh, in Oakland and Colorado. All right, fair enough. Hey, Kev, we got two last games here to finish up the slate of action in Major League Baseball today. One is out west where the San Diego Padres watched this Padres team, Kev. You know I was high on them. Fernando Tatis Jr. with a huge clutch hit for them yesterday as they win 6-2 against the diversion rival. They travel to San Francisco to take on the Giants. Zach Davies on the hill for the Padres. Mm -hmm. Jeff Samarja on the hill for the Giants. We also have a game in the AL Central. We don't have the pitchers listed yet. That could be a reason why we don't have lines up for this one when the 500 Kansas City Royals take on the 500 Detroit Tigers. Got any nuggets in any of these two last games on the Major League Baseball slate. I mean, look, this is so one of those spots, Dan, um, where there is technically we have ourselves a rest advantage. Does it matter to you? I don't know if it matters. We're early hmm. into the year, but the Padres so far have played four straight. The Giants were off in between starting this series and closing up with the Dodgers. Now, we don't have an exact money line here. I still think the Padres will be road favorites just because I don't know how often the Giants are really going to be uh, finding themselves as favorites. Maybe Samarja is enough, though, to get them favored against Zach Davies. For me, though, I just don't think very frequently I will back the Giants to win a third consecutive game. I think, again, we'll see where these, where these numbers shape up, Dane. I think yeah. I might be back in the Friars in this one. Yes, the fathers. Absolutely. I like them as well. <laughs> I think I really do. They are one of these young teams that could, especially we talked about it, Kev, whether it's the Reds or the White Sox or the Padres. We talked about one of these teams was going to get off to a hot start and start to feel themselves and be like, hey, we can do this. And I would think the Padres could be one of them, especially, Kevin, because in that NL West, when you know the second place team will also qualify for the playoffs. The Padres are absolutely live to do that. And like you said, the fathers take on the Giants who maybe have some regression going on. But of course, Kev, the main MLB story, right, is this outbreak with the Miami Marlins and the ripple effect of it. It has already touched the Baltimore Orioles, the Philadelphia Phillies, the New York Yankees, and obviously, as you see it move during the day, this situation will be fluid. Keep it locked uh -huh. here to SportsGrid to get the edge. On the morning after, they're going to talk about it. On FST, Craig Mish is going to talk about it. There is no better person, maybe in this country, to hear from about the Miami Marlins and what they are doing and what the impact is than our guy, Craig Mish. And that'll be going on FST from noon to 2 p.m. This is very much up in the air. We have just woken up, right, Kev? But this story will continue to move. And I want to remind everybody, Kev, we got a poll question up right now. Will MLB finish their season? Yes, no, or will they do it with some kind of inconsistency, right? Not all 30 teams or inconsistent games. Kev, right now, no is leading the poll 
43.1% of people don't think Major League Baseball is going to finish their season. I kind of do, but I think it's going to be a complete dumpster fire, and it's going to have people wondering if they ever really should have done this. Yeah, and again, it's, you know, with the poll here, there are two options that kind of include yes, so technically, you know, 56-plus percent. Um, would say yes, but kind of with Good math, the Kev. added caveat. Thank you. Uh, I am I am getting better here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> your spot as the mathematician of the show is at risk. Uh, look, I, I think right now, any way you vote in this poll, I get it. Uh, how, I mean, how could yeah. you not? How could you? Yeah. If someone says no, it took four days for there to be games postponed because of COVID. If somebody right. votes yes. Well, look, there's there's different precautions that could come into play. There's a reason they put the taxi squad involved. Yeah, you get that. And if you don't think all 30 teams are going to finish, look, there is somewhat of a precedent for that as FC Dallas, although this being sure. a, a you know a tournament, but FC Dallas and Nashville SC not participating in the MLS's back tournament. All of these yeah. options, credit to the people who put this poll together, whomever, whomever the brains behind the poll were. Yeah, I don't know who it was, but whoever it was did a great job coming up with these three selections. Because I think all of them are incredibly valid right now. Yeah, absolutely. As we once again welcome back in our radio audience around the country here on The Grid, where we give you the edge, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And Kev, there's even precedent in the TBT, which you followed, right? Finished, but not with all of the teams involved. There was one team that had to be pulled in that as well. Kevin, one of the things we are learning more and more is so far, the bubble has proved to give players a peace of mind as long as they ain't going out for chicken wings, that is. But we, we see this in the MLS as well. They had that outbreak, FC Dallas. They had Nashville have to, you know, go home. They had a game get postponed. Those things were early on. Now that we're maybe in a little bit of a routine and a little bit of a flow, the tournament continues on. And we check in with the MLS is back tournament now, quarterfinal games or round of 16 games were going on. There were two of them yesterday. In the first one, San Jose, the Earthquakes, get a 5-2 win over Real Salt Lake, over RSL. They get four goals, Kev, in the second half, including one off the shin of Wondolowski. San Jose will move on. They don't know who their opponent is just yet, but they are winning, they're advancing, and they will play again on Saturday night. And um, if this was any indicator, right, a kind of the night that we were going to see in the MLS, goals, 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 yeah. goals, yeah. goals. My goodness. Five of them for San Jose. And I know there was a red card, but they had already put forward three goals before that had happened. So yes. and you're looking um, at a pretty interesting spot. I know we're going to talk about uh, this next game as well. But seeing that the wealth of goals come in after, and now it's funny, I think, if I'm not mistaken, we've played six games in this knockout stage. Yes. Bang on three and three when it comes to these totals. <laughs> um, and it's just like, of course it is, right? So, you know, right. whenever you think you have the edge, man, the MLS will just kind of laugh in your face a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> um, a very, very impressive performance, though, from San Jose. Five goals in a knockout stage is is something. Yeah, and as you mentioned, you know, RSL did finish at with a red card, but a lot of this damage was done before that happened. In the nightcap last night, I don't know if you stayed up to watch it, Kev, but you might have been following it mm -hmm. on in-game live, which is every weeknight. You gotta see my man Kevin Walsh 
following all the live lines, giving you the value to make some money before you go to bed. Check him out starting at 8 p.m. every weekday night. Kevin Walsh burning the candle at both ends, doing your man's work to give you, the sports grid <laughs> listener and viewer, the edge. There was another game last night, Kev. LAFC who many people believe is the class of this tournament and will be standing there in the final. They survive in advance over the defending champion Seattle Sounders. They get it done 4-1 last night. Yeah, look, man. Um, so the the total in that first game maybe caught us by surprise. We both said we liked the over in the LAFC game. Yep. The LAFC shows up. Sure there does. are goals coming in this one. And Diego Rossi is player of the tournament. With a bullet, he's got seven goals. What? With four games, right? Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. Now, I think there was one game he might have not scored. I know there was one game he put four in. He had himself a brace last night right. against the Sounders team that defensively, though, had looked sharp. And I'll say this, Dan. I don't want to get ahead of myself here, okay? Uh-oh. I, I know you, 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 you got to be careful overreacting. Is LAFC oh, going to win this tournament? No, I'm not even going to go that far. But I think okay. they might route Orlando, right? Like, Orlando's kind of been flying by the seat of their pants a little bit. Right. And I just think LAFC is going to get out there, and I think they're going to pour it on. Like, it's minus 115. Considering that we are still in a pandemic, I don't know if I'll play any games three days out. So I might just right. still wait for these lineups. But I also don't want this line to move too much from this minus 115 number because I wouldn't be surprised if it closed closer to a minus 150, which is where LAFC was, you know, pretty frequently favored at the start of this tournament. I might yeah. be buying the sauce a little too much. I get it. But I think they might route this Orlando City team. You know, what's interesting to me, Kev, I'm with you on everything you said, <laughs> including the fact that even though I really, really like it, I can't pull the trigger yet why <laughs> because the entire world is uncertain now you know what i mean kevin it's yeah. so interesting you know sports investing is about getting a good number right it's about getting a good yeah. number and you just said i like this number i don't want it to move it's gonna move i know it's gonna move i want it now but mm-hmm. you can't right because this game you're describing is on july 31st We stand here on the morning of July 28th, and in the context of a pandemic, think about all the things that can change in the 72 hours, but I'm with you, Kev, on its face. Orlando, remember when the brackets came out and I was excited as Mm -hmm. NYCFC to be in Group A, and that was because I thought Orlando, as the seeded team with the host, gave you an advantage because they weren't one of the biggest teams in MLS, right? But they did get through. Whatever they are riding, maybe it's that home cooking in the bubble. I don't know. But LAFC has looked to be one of the stronger teams in the league so far in this tournament. So I agree with you. The mismatch looks set. Oh, it's 72 hours still to go. (laughs) I ain't touching a damn thing. Kev, let's look at the games that are tonight, though, because you are right. Six of the eight games in this stage have been completed two more entries into the quarterfinals will be decided tonight just for some schedule keeping right the last two games of this round happen tonight 
The tournament has a day off tomorrow, and then the quarterfinals get back at it in earnest on Thursday. The first game of the uh, kind of bracket tonight, I think this is a Mm -hmm. very interesting game. I really do. Columbus is a favorite against Minnesota United, the Wolves. Columbus is plus 100. The draw is live here as well as plus 230. To remind everybody, in this tournament, after 90 minutes, if it is tied, they go straight to penalty kicks. But that's the way the draw would come in on this bet. Kev, how do you see this one breaking out? Columbus versus Minnesota. Yeah, this is um, it's a tough one to call here. What I can't stop thinking about, though, is the fact that Columbus has not been scored on this tournament. But mm. it goes two ways, Dane. It, you know, is this defense due to concede? Right. Or is this just a, a team that defensively has it all together? And I feel like the one thing, if we've been able to take anything away from this MLS tournament, is when it starts to zig, you better be ready to zag. Minus 102, under 2.5, I could see that being in play here. I, you know, I look at this Minnesota team. They had, obviously, their three group stage games. Uh, they had a 2-1 win, a 0-0 draw, and then a 2-2 draw. You know, it, they, again, not, I don't want to say they limped in, but they didn't, you know, they, they weren't rolling high. Columbus, one of the few teams to take the full nine points out of the right. group stage. I'm still a bit cautious, though, about backing them at this even price to get it done within the first 90 minutes. I just, I think it's almost might feel a little too obvious. I might hmm. go wager on this one being a low-scoring affair. Minus 102, under two and a half goals. Let's maybe zag while the rest of them zig. Let me push back on one thing, Kev. Wouldn't you have thought LAFC last night was a little too obvious? Yet it came in. No. You know what I mean? For me, no. No, for you? Just because Seattle has that pedigree, right? Okay. That's the only reason why I I, I wouldn't go. I I get what you're totally saying. And to be fair, everything you're saying is going to apply to that Orlando City FC game. And we're saying it's obvious, (laughs) but we still like it. So we're not worried about it. So it certainly is applicable there. All right. Fair enough. I mean, I think Columbus has really shown themselves. Uh, to be one of the uh, teams here that everyone needs to watch for. I do think Columbus would advance, um, and they would see San Jose, who won yesterday. They would see San Jose in the quarterfinal. The last matchup is the team that will get NYCFC in the next round. It is a matchup of Portland and Cincinnati. You gotta think Portland is a big favorite in this one, and they are, even in the three-way line, They are still minus money at minus 140. You know, Cincinnati finds themselves in this stage of the tournament. They didn't expect to be here as one of these expansion teams. When they got a win in the group stage, it was like, we got a win. Yay, we're playing with house Hmm. money. Are they still taking that house money approach? You know, Vancouver had that house money approach, and they were dangerous against Sporting KC over the weekend. Do you think Cincy can also be dangerous, or do you take the more obvious pick here of Portland? They are minus 140. Kev, I'm going to give you a vocabulary term. It's called Occam's Mm. Razor. Do you know what Occam's Razor is, Kev? I feel like I have an idea, but do uh, feel feel free to lay it on me. Razor is the concept that a lot of times the most obvious outcome is actually what it's going to be. In essence, don't get too cute. Don't overthink about it. You know, sometimes what's staring you right in front of the face is true. Is this an Occam's razor kind of game, Kev? Do you just take Portland minus 140 to get it done inside the 90 minutes? Are you ready for for some of the best uh, analysis you've ever heard on this show? Ooh, have, you're going to say yes. Oh my God. I have 
no idea. Ooh. I don't think I know enough about either of these teams, to be honest. Now, Cincinnati, for some obvious reasons, right? 4 nothing lost to Columbus. This is the worst team in the entire uh, league. And then they win two straight games. one nothing to Atlanta, and then the 2 nothing surprise to the Red Bulls. And we look at Portland, though. I'm not sure I know enough about them either. Yeah, they won 2-1 against um, the Galaxy, and they won 2-1 against the Dynamo. But after watching those two teams kind of compete for third place in, in this uh, group, eh, I don't know how great I feel about either of those. And then I know they got the draw against LAFC, but for LAFC, did the win fully matter enough? I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've seen enough from Portland to lay minus 140, and I'm not sure if it's fair to, to that we still look at FC Cincinnati the same way we did after that first game when they won twice in a row. Yeah, I guess it's fair. Maybe I should give FC Cincinnati a little bit more credit, and we will see tonight. After tonight, the quarterfinals of MLS is back will be set. We turn our attention to the National Football League when we come back here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge right here on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and my main man, Kevin Walsh. We're trying to put the fun in functional sports content. And, Kev, we have come to the point of the NFL season where I don't know if teams are going to be having fun. Remember in the NBA, there was, like, decision day where people are going to be like, hey, am I opting out? Am I going to Orlando? And then there was this transaction window. Well, the NFL is coming to that phase right now. We heard yesterday, right, that Chiefs lineman um, Duvernay Tardif opted out and he was a doctor. So I thought that one was interesting. The Chiefs replenished it right away, right? Osimile, they signed for their offensive line. We are starting to now hear because teams and players are going to report to training camp today. And over the course of the next couple of days, players are starting to make their personal decisions be known as well. We have a handful of opt-outs in the National Football League, Kev, and a few concentrated on one team that I know thinks that they can contend. Yeah, so that's the thing when it comes to players opting out. Um, there's either star players that opt out, and that obviously has a major impact, or it's a kind of a group of guys. The Think about of kind effect, of the, right? the, the nationals, right? We saw it felt like a number of national players right. uh, deciding to opt out. Or maybe the Brooklyn Nets is a, is a better option, maybe yeah. more apropos uh, in this situation. Right now, that might be a way that you would describe the New England Patriots. I've already seen five players opt out. Now, some of these may be on the lesser uh, side. Danny Vitale, the fullback. Uh, Najee Turan, uh, who is another offensive lineman for this team. Brandon Bolden uh, actually was on a radio show this morning and has now said mm. that he plans to opt out. But also, two important names have made this same distinction. Starting right tackle, Marcus Cannon, is now opting out, as well yeah. as 
uh, very well-known Patriot, a part of that defense that lost a number of pieces this offseason, Donta Hightower, planning on opting out. The Patriots now already with five guys opting out of this season. Yeah, listen, the Hightower thing I think is big, Kev. In this, in this season, remember last year when the Patriots' defense people thought were like the best defense of all time? They didn't give up an offensive touchdown in the first like month and a half of the season. Well, from that defense, Kev, they will not have Dante Hightower. They have already lost Kyle Van Noy. They lost Jamie Collins. That's like their entire linebacker level, Kevin. That is not there from last year, you know, and I think you're right. This cumulative effect. What I also have to ask you, and I know, you know, I've pressed this a lot of times when we have our confidence meter and back and forth. If you are a player in the NFL, Kevin, and you know mm-hmm. that the plan is for you to travel from city to city in the fall and winter, and you have seen that literally in less than a week in baseball, they've had this pop up. How does that, if at all, do you think that impacts some of the decisions that football players are making right now, seeing what baseball is or is not prepared for and ready to handle it? Would this impact your personal decision as a football player? It's going to start to factor in, I think, undoubtedly. I think the NFL, this is for the first time them having their runway, right? Them allowing people to go first. For the first yeah. time now, they're actually going to be able to take advantage of. They're going to see what baseball did wrong. They're going to have a lot of room to tell their players that that won't be us. We are going to have the ability to stop that from happening. And it'll, of course, then be up to the players to believe whether they think so or not. But yes, I think there's a world where that does influence some more players. And here's the the most difficult thing probably right now for the NFL. is A lot of the conversation yesterday, Dane, was about not just, oh, baseball is kind of like, what's going to happen here? What do we do? But it was almost simultaneous praise for the NBA, for the MLS, for the NHL, and their bubble approach, right? And the idea that that's the way to go. So now, right, and then basically the NFL had to come out and say, we believe that we're creating a virtual bubble, if you will, through our protocols. We don't need a bubble. If now it gets to a point where even just a couple of players see that same conversation, like, yo, man, we need a bubble. We need a bubble. And you know this, right? Like NFL players, players do this all the time. They think that they, like, they kind of have the answer of how things should go. And yeah. it only takes a couple of guys to start like, oh, we need a bubble. We need a bubble. Because at the end of the day, Dane, all we really need to see for people to be like, oh, my goodness, is a quarterback to opt out. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. Or one of these baseball players that catch it to have a serious complication like Eduardo Rodriguez. Like this is not something that just because you're an athlete and 27 years old is going to be fine. I think that as we go further and further down this path, yes, football players will need to take notice. I will say this though. You're right. The praise for the NBA. It is Kev. I don't know. Let me ask you, do you agree? I do think it is a more difficult challenge for the NFL or Major League Baseball, to do their entire season with all of the teams in the league, right? And to have them isolate as opposed to the NBA to, like, finish the playoffs, as opposed to the MLS to do a tournament and then hope down the road they can reconsider their regular season, as opposed to the NHL to do the playoffs, right? To have all the teams there with larger rosters in baseball and football and to do, like, kind of the entire season Do you agree, though, Kevin, that that is a little bit more of a a 
challenge. It's harder to do than what the NBA or the NHL was setting out to do in their playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have more games. The longer it is, the more people will opt out because they're not going to want right. to stay apart from their families for that long. The more people you yeah. have involved and the more tests you need. The, like, yeah, no, I, I don't I don't think that I think it's more than fair to say that it's not an easy thing to say that, oh, well, football needs a bubble or baseball. I think you what you can do, you can say simultaneously, the only way baseball gets through this unscathed is with a bubble. Yes, it's going to be. Yes, it would be very difficult for them to piece together a bubble. That's all fair, right? Like, I, I'm yes. not sitting here saying, the NBA wins, they're ha-ha. Like, no, right, that's right, right. the point of this, right? It's just that from what we've seen so far, the bubble approach works. And so far, here in the States, this is not true everywhere else in the country, here in the States, the non-bubble approach has its flaws. I'd like to add a little bit of context to Dante Hightower as he has released a message about his decision saying that me and okay. my fiance are just more concerned with the health of our family than football, especially with the new addition to our family. He has a two-week-old son. I will say that this, Dane, continues to be a yes. theme throughout sports. Absolutely. Newborns, expecting wives, this seems to be the biggest thing that will stop players from going. Now, I'm not telling you then to go out and see which players have pregnant wives or i'm not you know for your fantasy draft <laughs> no, 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 i'm not saying i will tell you this though because it's in the front of my mind i know i know one superstar who just brought a child into this world and that's russell wilson and russell wilson you know said i want to play different things yeah. i i you know they just traded for jamal adams russell wilson seems yeah. like the guy who wouldn't miss football for literally any scenario all i'm saying is if russell wilson sits out that's, I mean, that just drastically kind of shifts so many things. And I just wonder yeah. what the reaction slash fallout that might kind of lead to. No, you're absolutely right. You know, this idea of being isolated away from your pregnant wife is something that people don't want to do. The potential health complications is something, you know, we heard about even the Bucks offensive tackle, like just adopted newborn twins, right? So, you know, it's not just about you. It's about your wife. It's about your children. It's about maybe your parents as well, you know, in the same way that every American is considering the impact of this disease. One last thing I will say about kind of baseball and football versus these teams that are crowning a champion in a playoff format. Remember, you know, as we go on for every league, some of the teams get to leave the bubble, right? Some of these MLS teams are now, peace, we're done with this. In, in basketball, as we get past the eight games, a lot of the teams will be able to leave the bubble and less and less people will be in there to do a whole regular season. You need all of the teams the entire time. Kev, you just mentioned Russell Wilson, right? And the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks were in the news big time over the weekend, trading for Jamal Adams, giving up two first round picks in order to do so. One of the things we said about that was if they spend some money then on Jamal Adams, Kev, we said that means they are not going to spend any money likely on Davion Clowney. And it was Clowney in the news yesterday with the newest jet. Bradley McDougal. Apparently, he's close with Jadavion Clowney. They FaceTimed, and apparently, the recruiting effort is full on. Okay, McDougal is like saying Clowney is ready for the Jets to quote unquote go get him. We know the Jets were one of those three or four teams that were sort of talked about, weren't necessarily a serious contender. But Kev, 
They do have the money to spend. They do have a need at edge rusher. And what if I told you that, you know, the trade after all is said and done would look like Jamal Adams for a safety in McDougal, two first round picks, a third round pick, and in essence, using the same money to go and get Jadavion Clowney. Hey, Kevin, do you think the Jets are now potential landing spot for Clowney? What do you think is the impact? Did Joe Douglas know this going in? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't see any reason why they bring in Jadavion Clowney. I mean, that's just, no? that, there's just no reason to do that. Jadavion Clowney is going... Yeah, but Jadavion Clowney isn't as good of a pass rusher as his market value would suggest. And honestly, right. Dane, after that trade, there's no reason for them to fake the funk and try to go out there and compete for the AFC East. I just don't think there is. And right. I think locking in money to Jadavion Clowney when you couldn't lock in money to Jamal Adams is a mistake. And I'll tell you another reason why I think it's a mistake. And I know people aren't going to like this. To me, though, I am not going to go out there and sign any type of big-time contract when I think I'm going to have a new coach next season. Fair. And it does look like Adam Gaze doesn't necessarily have control of this locker room or is winning any fans with his thing. Yeah, I'm also sure Adam Gaze control. would probably hate Jadavion Clowney for some reason. Of course. Have him no, Brian did. By week seven. Bill, so Bill O'Brien did in Houston. So you never know, right? Last piece of news real quick. Jamal Adams with the Seattle Seahawks. One of the things he's going to be doing in that secondary is looking to stop the rushing attack of the San Francisco 49ers. And Raheem Mostert and the 49ers, it looks like they have agreed to a restructured deal. You were saying, Kev, like about a week ago, that they should kind of, you know, uh, cave to the demands of Raheem Mostart. It looks like they have. It looks like that stable for Shanahan will be there, keeping the 49ers offense kind of greater than the sum of its parts. But Raheem Mostert was a very impressive part, especially late last season. <laughs> Excuse me. Apologies. There was, you, just no, there was just absolutely no avoiding that sneeze. Um, That's all right. I will say this about Raheem Mostert. Um, I'm glad to see that this worked out. I, I was... The reason why I somewhat thought that he would be moved on is I understood the reasons why the Niners wouldn't give him more money because they right. believe that they manufacture the running back production more so than the talent yeah. does. At least, and I understand why they feel that way. Um, but so that's why I thought maybe we would see the movement because it wasn't a big ask, but we see it. He can now earn up to an additional $2.75 million in bonus and incentives. More than fair. And honestly, it's probably the fairest way to do it, right? Look, we're not going to give you the guaranteed $3 million that you're asking. The deal is the deal. But you make a good point. You're expected to contribute at a certain level for us. And if you do just that, then you have earned that money. Simply, they, they come to this agreement. I think it's a nice piece of business for both sides. Yeah, they come to an agreement on the eve of reporting. All right, so we know some people are going to be opting out, but players are going to be reporting to training camps today, including in Minnesota, where unfortunately Eric Sugarman, their like disease control guy, their trainer, he and his family test positive. There's going to be a lot of news coming out of the NFL reporting, and we will cover it tomorrow on the early line. Come on back as we finish this show right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on SportsGrid. Up next on the morning after is the morning after, after the early line. And we have our homegirl, Ariel Epstein. Ariel, I am jealous of you because, you know, we're here 7 to 9 a.m. We miss out on all the incredible breaking news that happens. I think you had some news take place during the show yesterday, and it led to us having to have a poll of will Major League Baseball even finish their season. And Ariel, right now, 40% of our people on our poll, the leading vote getter, is no, that MLB will not finish their season. It's certainly up in the air with what happened in with the Miami Marlins. How are you viewing this? And what are y'all talking about today on the morning after? It's definitely a reason for concern. I think the test results that we'll get back in the next few hours is going to be the big indicator. How many, how much did this spread to the Philadelphia Phillies? Did it spread anywhere else to any of those other teams? So far, the Yankees and Mets haven't had any more positive tests since the beginning of training camp 2.0. Yet, if the Phillies now have multiple players, I would say over five players, there might be cause for concern for the season. However, we can't just speculate. We have to wait and see what those numbers actually are. We are going to obviously talk about Major League Baseball, NFL training camps opening up today despite the coronavirus pandemic and of course golf because we do have golf this weekend as well uh, Ariel, I'll ask you quickly before you go uh, the Patriots right now seeing five players opt out do you think that we might be set up for a bit of a wave here of NFL players uh, saying that they're not going to partake in this season Nice new background, Kevin. I actually spoke Thank with an you. agent in the NFL, and he said yesterday was complete mayhem for them. So I'm not going to name who that agent is. However, he said yesterday was crazy. I think we are going to see a lot of opt-outs. Yet, just like Major League Baseball, you're going to get your opt-outs, but players will play. Yeah, absolutely. And what people, NFL players making that decision, looking at what's happening in Major League Baseball, will not inspire confidence either. But they'll talk about it on the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.